What's up? My name is George Holden. What's up? My name is George Holden. You are listening to a Northern Pro Media podcast in which I speak to an eclectic selection of creatives about their creative journeys, their creative challenges, and their thoughts on life in general, for no apparent reasons. This week's guest is Charlie Williams, who goes by his DJ alias Acolyte. Charlie produces drum and bass in Leeds while DJing at various nights such as Vision State. We speak about Charlie's beginnings with music, his experimentation with different genres, his struggles with creativity, and his thoughts on social media. I won't keep you any longer. Let's get into it. <laughs> Welcome, Charlie. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, hello. Charlie is currently just rigging himself up so that he has the full stand situation. I want to be comfortable. He wants to be comfy. He's going for the Joe Rogan. That, <laughs> was, that was my actual aim. Charlie, welcome. Hello. Charlie, you have recently been putting out music under a couple of different aliases. Yeah. You, your personal one is Acolyte. Yeah. And then your second one is Isolate, which you do with our friend Bran, who goes by a dozen. Yeah. So, Acolyte, when did that start? Uh, so, the actual name I thought about ages ago. I think it was like t- two or three years ago. Okay. But it, so me and Bran thought of, I thought of like a duo name mm. and it was, what was it? Chaos and Acolyte, that was it. Chaos and Acolyte was the original. That's quite And cool. then Bran was like, no, oh, don't like it, I don't like it. So, <laughs> never used it. And then, like a couple of years later, I had to think of an alias mm. and I was like, I remembered Acolyte, and I was like, oh, yeah. What, what does Acolyte, the word, actually mean? So I think it's got a couple of meanings, but it's a religious, it's got a religious meaning, mm. and it also means, like, a follower of. So I, I don't know why, but the, just the name, I quite like the name, so I was like, yeah, I'm going to I always think, with that. like, when it comes to, like, underground DJ names, yeah, it's such a weird world, and it's like, when you try and pick, like, a good one, yeah, it's yeah. like, what actually makes it a good one? <laughs> well, yeah, well, it's not, the, like, the actual word is spelled A-C-O-L-Y-T-E, but, you know, it's underground, isn't it? So you've got, you've got to change the <laughs> spelling. you hard K. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I changed the spelling and just kind of stuck really. So, from the get-go, what sort of genre did you pick when you first started doing stuff solo? Or were you well, sort of experimenting? I think the idea was to have that as a, a drum and bass label because me and Bran never thought that... Like, we'd made tunes before, but we always kind of thought we were going to go our separate ways. Mm. So that's what that alias was for, but it's now become more of a, like an alias to just put out stuff that me and Brown aren't going to use, mm. so like garage and stuff like that. And it's become it's 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 quite good to have that I can just chuck stuff out on there mm. and not have to worry about it. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So it's been quite good for that. And going back, so when you and Brand first started doing tunes, obviously you were at home, like you're currently based yeah, yeah. in Leeds, so there's like a bit more of a music scene in Leeds. Yeah. But you first started off. Like, at home, yeah. Like in the country, sort of just yeah, bashing away at tunes. <laughs> I, I think the only the only reason why we started was through obviously Brand's brother mm. and then like Joe. Yeah, <clears throat> and that's the only reason, probably one of the only reasons why we got into drum and bass was through them. And then we saw that they were DJing, so yeah. it's like we started DJing, and then yeah, it just evolved from there. Really, and that's the thing, isn't it? It's once people like in your group are doing it, it becomes like accessible. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then it's like, oh, actually. That's that's not that hard to do. Yeah, yeah exactly. Have a, have a little go. Yeah. Get your fucking like early little decks on the go, and then just. Oh it yeah. <laughs> the small decks we used to use like, back in the day. Like new marks and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. Baby tiny ones. ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just started from there. 
So you think with with around Acolyte at the moment then, so you're sort of experimenting with different genres yeah. away from drum and bass. Yeah. Is, is there cert, is there any genre that is sort of is catching your attention whenever you're producing it that you really vibe with? For me at the moment it's been sort of like garage and breaks. Mm. So I, I quite like doing like garage but also doing like one forty stuff. There's more breaks. And I've, yeah, I've been really enjoying that recently. But it's, it's a weird one because I've been feeling bad about doing that and then not making drum bass. Mm. So it's been, I don't know, it's, yeah, it's a bit hard because I always feel bad about <laughs> not doing drum bass. <laughs> I think it's it's often like a good creative practice though. I've, I mean, I've always, yeah, I've heard things from people who are like writers and stuff like that. I mean, like script writers yeah. who if you're focusing on one project or like a genre like drum and bass, it's good to have other side things. Yeah, definitely. To sort of experiment and try different things and come back to the... Yeah, the I always find one. that if I go away and make a different genre and then I come back to drum bass, I'm mm. way more creative than yeah. I, I would like I was before. Because you just get stuck in a rut of making the same thing over and over. Yeah, just bobbing at the same exactly. tempo all Yeah, the time. yeah. <laughs> and it's like good to try something else out. Yeah. So like I've been making like dubstep as well and stuff. Mm. But yeah, I don't really have an idea of where I'm going to go with that sort of stuff. I just quite like having somewhere to put it out mm. like I'm not really I don't care about it getting released or anything like that yeah. it's just somewhere to put it yeah well I think it's good as well if you're putting it out anyway and making it just available yeah you never know what sort of people you might attract yeah <clears throat> yeah because I'm always quite bad at just not putting anything out mm. so to have that as well it it means that there's no like pressure on me putting it out because yeah. it's, I'm not making it for a label or anything I'm just making it for myself really yeah so it works quite well I mean um, playing live I mean I've seen you, you know, obviously play sets of Vision State yeah. it's always drum and bass have you ever played other genres live at different <sighs> events or at parties or anything like that Um, not not in a while I played a dubstep set at One Vision State mm. and that's like the only other time that I played out when it's not been drum and bass yeah but like used to like mix uh baseline and stuff mm. like that back in the day but like, <laughs> not anymore back, in, back the in the day yeah like it was years ago so do you think since you started at uni in leeds because you're studying it's actually music production or music, music production music yeah. production <clears throat> have you started dabbling in other genres and like collaborating with different people that you mm, found interesting? it's been hard so <clears throat> obviously our course is split up into it was split up into four groups last year it's been cut down to three groups this year. But the group that I'm with, they're mostly people that play instruments and want to learn how to record themselves. Mm. They're not really into like electronic music or anything like that. <clears throat> Apart from like techno and stuff like that. But I've never been massively interested in techno. No, but techno so is at the moment, I swear, becoming huge, so much bigger. Massive, yeah. yeah. It's probably the biggest electronic music genre in the country. I feel like it's always been like that like whenever you see like events around like continental Europe, yeah. it's always been really prominent. But now in the UK, I mean like Massive. a lot of techno nights. Yeah. D and B's still huge. But yeah. I think techno's a bit more accessible. Yeah, definitely. I think drum and bass is always gonna stay quite underground though. Which is nice like, to be honest. Yeah. Because the vibe at like an underground D and B night is so, so good. Yeah. Everyone definitely. who's there is really, really into it. Yeah, exactly. Like it's I'd say it's a bit different at jump up nights because I think jump up's a bit easier to listen to for people that yeah. don't like drum and bass. Do you know what I mean? So, well, jump up's normally it does not it doesn't take itself seriously. No. So I feel like it's sort of like 
any sort of funny sample or like pop culture reference they can get in there. Yeah. It sort of fits in. <clears throat> I just think it's quite cheesy in a way. It is, Do yeah. You know what I mean? That's 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 part of that's part of the love of jump up. Yeah, yeah. It's so cheesy. <laughs> I mean I don't like it, but if you like it. <laughs> I think I had like I had like two two holidays where it was just like jump up became the soundtrack. Yeah. And then you come back and no one's no one's playing it and you're like, Oh, where's the jump up at? <laughs> people in drum base love to hate on jump up though. Yeah. Like, if you don't like it then people love to hate on it. Well, I, I find it quite funny, but I follow some like D and B meme pages yeah, that yeah. are all just like It'll be people who listen to this, people who listen to that. The jump up's always just like insane people. Everyone just slakes <laughs> on it, yeah. It's quite funny. So you think that you wouldn't try experiment with techno? Not even I mean, I've made like a few like tech house tracks, mm. but that's just me messing about. Like I don't know anything about the genre. Yeah. It's just like I'll hear a track and I'm like, oh I'll quite like that. And yeah. then I'll try it. But I don't think those tracks are that that good. Mm. It's just me messing about. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I don't really aim to go into making techno or tech house. <laughs> just not for me, really. Just thinking with how you landed on music production, do you, do you play any instruments outside of producing? No, you not haven't. at all. So what was it, so was it the first, like, with Bram landing on music was sort of just because other people were doing it and you were like, let's have a go? Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. So I, I did a few... So when I was at college, so I went to Access to Music in York mm. and did music production there. And my tutor, he gave me some um, theory lessons, mm. music theory lessons. So I picked up a bit from that and that kind of helps with my keyboard playing skills. Yeah. And I think it's enough, it's, it's given me enough to kind of have an idea of what mm. I'm doing. But I think you look at so many successful drum and bass artists and they have no theory knowledge they yeah. don't play any instruments it's like i don't think it's a necessity to to do well mm. in music to well especially electronic music to be able to play anything yeah so <clears throat> yeah have you, have you not thought about like when it comes to like, the keyboard and stuff like that for writing like melodies have you looked at improving on that sort of thing oh i'd love to yeah yeah it's just i don't know where i'd really start because mm. it's like I think if I was to do it, I'd probably do it with like YouTube videos or something, like YouTube tutorials, because there's yeah. so many good tutorials out yeah. there and like lessons that it's so like easy to do now. Mm. And you don't have to pay anything, it's free. Yeah. But <clears throat> I've like tried to do it before and I'll start like at the basics and it's, I'll, I'll just get bored because it's like I already know that. Mm. But then if you skip anything, there might be a little thing that you miss. And then later on, you try and like skip onto a further <laughs> episode and it's like, you have no idea what you're doing because you yeah. missed that like one thing. So it's really it's really hard when yeah I, I just wouldn't know where to start with mm. it now. I mean that's one of the main things that a lot of people don't seem to get. Because I imagine that like, on your course with people who are coming on to do music production, they're probably expecting to learn a lot of the actual hands-on technical stuff. Yeah, yeah. At uni, whereas like you can learn a lot of it for free yeah. on YouTube. I think for me, I come from a different like background from everyone else in the course in the fact that. I don't play any instruments, mm. but I know, like, I know the software, I know, yeah. like, synthesis and stuff like that. And then everyone else in my group, they play the instruments, but they don't know that. So, yeah, yeah it's, they come from a different background. That, that, that must be quite a good, like, sort of apex to meet at, to collab as well. Yeah. Means there's a lot of people out there who want to record, but don't have the ability. Yeah, definitely. I think it's just hard, though, because a lot of those people are, 
like big into rock and stuff like that. And oh yeah. It, they they don't really want to right, collab with someone. Just, that... just do some rock, man. Just yeah. Mix it I up. <laughs> Won't even know where to start with that. <laughs> I'd be clueless. <laughs> I feel I feel like having to record like a live band sitch. Yeah. In the first place, just sounds like. Logistic oh, it, nightmare. it's chaos. Yeah. It is chaos, yeah. I've, I've never had to, by myself, I've never had to, like, record a whole band. Mm. But we did, like, a... It was kind of like a workshop at college where we recorded a whole band within a day, but it was more... Our tutor was doing it, and we were, like, watching, and it was just chaos. Like, the whole... It was, like, a whole day of recording. Yeah, well, I think just, like, even miking the kit. Oh, yeah must be such a pain yeah it's stuck yeah i mean as long as you have like some idea of what you're doing you can't really go that wrong like, yeah as long as you know the, the, the like sort of positioning where you should put mics, yeah. you kind of fine but yeah it's full band is just chaos <laughs> not fun so i know you in the past you've had to do little bits of like other audio production stuff within uni you did like a little bit of sound design and stuff yeah. like that is that something that you're sort of looking at doing possibly in the future or are you sticking more just to music production? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so I did a a module on, it was like post-production, so mm. uh, audio to video, yeah. like putting audio to video. And I really enjoyed doing that. I did really enjoy doing that. And it did kind of open my eyes as to like a career after mm. uni. I could do that, but... I think my main focus at the moment is still making, just making tunes because mm. that's what I love doing. Yeah, yeah. So I'm focusing on that. Have you tried like looking at booking more nights and more like different events as well, like outside of Leeds and like, yeah. outside of that current like vibe? I think me and Brian would love to play other events outside of Vision State, mm. but it, it, it's hard when we have no music out at the moment because in Drone Bay's... You don't make much. You don't make much money from yeah, yeah. releasing music, but it gets your name out there and it gets you booked, and that gets you money. Yeah. But you can't get booked if you don't have any tunes out. <laughs> so it's like to put some bloody tunes out, mate. Yeah. I, <laughs> I know. It's yeah. And you get to a point where it's like you need to stop being too perfectionist with some stuff. Like when Definitely. it comes to putting out tunes, it's yeah. like you could put out a ten, or you could put out like five sevens. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like the five sevens are going to get you noticed better than the one ten. I think at the moment it's that me and Brian know that it'll be our first release, mm. and we want it to be really good. Yeah, even though it's not going to be. And also, because you've got you've got potential, like both of you are very talented at what you do, so you have got potential if you circulated it well. Yeah, it could carry. Yeah, I think we're just thinking. Yeah, we want it to be really good, even though it's, we'll we'll look at it in ten years' time and be mm. like that's not very good like, that was shit <laughs> but we just we don't want to put out a subpar release as our first release mm. so we're being like we're being a bit stupid with it really like we have got tunes that are so close to being finished mm. and that probably don't need much but yeah I've been in a bit of a rut with making drum bass at the moment mm. so and it's hard for me and him to make tunes together because he's back at home and although it's not that far, it is far. Mm. Like, I could come home on a weekend, but it's just, yeah, it's a bit hard at the moment. We don't like working, like, sending projects to each other. Yeah, like I, was, I was just thinking, I guess, otherwise it would just be like, you get the project to a certain place, yeah, yeah. send it over, then he works on it. Yeah, but we don't yeah. really like doing that at the moment. So, 
yeah, it's just a bit hard. Yeah. But we need to work, yeah. find a workaround for it, like, because it's going to get stupid otherwise. Would you ever think about, I know obviously you put out tunes with Acolyte sort of just like yeah. on the go. Would you ever think about doing like an official release as Acolyte? Um, I have thought about it with Dubstep. I think if I got a Dubstep EP to a point where I was happy mm. and someone was happy to sign it, then there's no reason why I wouldn't. Yeah. But at the moment, I think I'd rather focus on getting an Isolate release yeah. done than an Acolyte release. I think it means more mm. to get that done than an Acolyte release. And I guess and you, I can think about that after. As, as far as I think, anyway, you guys play together more as Isolate yeah, yeah. rather than you would ever do as Acolyte. Yeah, well, I think I've only ever played as Acolyte twice. Oh, fair. I think. Yeah. And in even one of those times, oh no, it might, be, might have been three times, but two of those times it was like me and Bran, but mm. it was our individual aliases before, yeah, yeah. before we became Isolate. Yeah. So yeah, there's only been one proper time where I've mm. actually played by myself as Acolyte. Yeah. So. Fair. So you were saying with doing drum and bass at the moment then, you've sort of gotten into like a bit of a rut with creating. Yeah. With producing. What sort of happened if you sort of just like hit a bit of a wall? Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's just every time I try and make something like drum and bass, I just can't get anything going. Mm. And then I'll switch to making something in a different tempo and it's like, I'll, I'll get ideas. So I, I don't know what it is at the moment. It's like, I know I'm capable of making a drum and bass tune. Mm. I just, I, I can't work out what it is at the moment. I don't know whether I need time away from it completely or, or what it is. But To go record some rock? Oh, it's just, yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's just so annoying. Because I really want to, yeah. and I just can't, and it's one of the most frustrating things. Yeah, wanting to make a certain tune or a certain genre, and you you just can't. So yeah, it does get really annoying. Is there like certain things that you try and like indulge in to try and get inspiration again? Like, do you watch like different sorts of films, or like series, or anything like that I, that you sort of get vibes from? Yeah, well, I don't know. So. <clears throat> I used to watch loads of tutorials mm. and I don't know whether that's got a th- like something to do with it. The fact that I've not been like trying to like increase my knowledge in production. I don't know whether that's got an effect on it or, or what I'm trying to think of like come up with ideas as to why. Mm. And I've, I have thought, is that an, like one of the reasons? Yeah. Well, so, I, I think that's, that's something that I sort of realized a little while ago was if you're not really surrounded by, the possibility of it yeah yeah you sort of let it slide a little bit like yeah that. um but i always try and think of it like it's your i think like people like products of their environment yeah so if for example you're not around people who are producing dmb all the time you're probably not going to be thinking about producing dmb all the time no but yeah then, that's that's probably yeah but then there's there's an ability that we have now that you can actually do that online and just like build your own like little digital environment yeah so it's sort of like you know who you follow on insta people on like facebook who subscribe to on youtube if you follow people who are sort of reflecting what you're after doing so if you were following like people doing tutorials things like that yeah or like yeah like bts of like production then it's that sort of thing sort of makes you realize like oh that was actually really good yeah i'm gonna try something like that that's a good point actually like thinking about it when i was at college i was really creative Mm. and that was because my best mate at college used to make dubstep all the time so and although it's not drum and bass, it, it always used to like inspire me to make mm. more music. So that's probably a good point. And now that I'm surrounded by around people that 
don't make anything that's remotely like drum bass it probably is hindering my mm. creativity but yeah. yeah i don't know i think just like yeah tapping into like a nice little group of people that want to do similar stuff yeah yeah tends to really have a good effect yeah well i, I was hoping that so i'm doing a a module at the moment where the three courses so there's music production music tech and a music performance they've all been mixed together so mm. there's six of us and we've got to make a track I was kind of hoping that I was going to be put with people that like drum and bass and there is a couple of people that like drum and bass so maybe that will like boost my creativity yeah. so you're just going to try and steer the whole group towards D&B well <laughs> I really wanted to but so one, been... one jazz musician and you're just like no how about <laughs> I really meet want... in the middle I was, yeah I was hoping I was hoping that we were going to be able to do drum and bass but the brief says there has to be between 130 and 150 BPM it's like I could do like old school jungle at like one fifty, but like still not enough. Like, so yeah. What what's everyone else's sort of preference of genre? What sort of stuff do they normally produce? Well, got one person, and she doesn't. Re- she says that she doesn't really make stuff in certain genres. Mm. I think I I haven't heard any of her stuff, but I presume that she's quite. I, I don't know. I get the feeling that she's like makes like really glitchy stuff and. Oh, okay. And she says that she uses like loads of weird drums and vocals, mm. so that's like the idea that I got. She makes like glitchy stuff, but yeah. I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> and then um, the, there's two people from the tech course, and they don't make music so much, but they're more mm. into like um, recording and stuff like that. And then there's one guy who says he makes piano sort of music. I don't, yeah, I don't know what that means. But. That's the most vague thing. Yeah, and then, <laughs> uh, one guy did say that it makes drum and bass. So, yeah, I'll have to see what his, his drum and bass is like. <laughs> Maybe collab. I feel like saying that you just produce like piano music is like, well, pretty much everything will have yeah. or keys or something at some point. But I guess it means like he's good to have around because if you're like, right as a melody. Yeah, I don't know how good it. he is actually on piano. I haven't asked him that. Mm. But... Yeah, he's not. He's on the tech course, so I don't think he focuses on production that much. Yeah. So there's two two of us on the production course in our group. So obviously we're the only two that really focus on production. Mm. And then we've got one one from performance, and then three from the tech course. Mm. So yeah, we're the only two that really focus on production. Yeah. But, yeah. So within Isolate, have you looked at collabing with like different vocalists and stuff for your first track, for your first uh, release, or are you thinking more like an instrumental, with maybe some samples? I think yeah. Well, I I think I think we need to look at the tracks that we've got. Like if we've got a liquid track that needs a vocalist, I think we'll definitely mm. go out and look for a vocalist. Um, but it's, it's where we want to take the EP. Mm. Depends how many tracks the EP is going to be. But I think it's going to be more techy and minimal yeah I think that's that's the aim for the first release well, but we'll have to well, let's go nice and dark and dingy yeah 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 you should definitely get like an mc on one track then well yeah we've been speaking to george the mc, MC subliminal. subliminal nice so he's got a few, he's got a couple of our tracks yeah um but yeah it's up to him whether he wants to so i think if you had like anything. a really nice like solid verse on one then it'd yeah be sick. definitely yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, we'll see. See, hopefully. Yeah. And then do like a massive EP launch party. 
Oh yeah, that yeah. Do massive VS. In uh, yeah, that's an idea actually. Yeah. <laughs> Just think about that. Yeah, yeah do it, do it, man. Do yeah. it. <laughs> You've got to do a guest mix. Yeah. And then then do an EP launch party. You should be our uh, promoter. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> You just gotta think about these things as a collective. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm I'm so gutted. Like Vision State in summer had was it in summer the outdoor sessions the daytime yeah session. the Chief Street um, with was it with Central Beach yes yeah, summer yeah. was it summer social is that what it's called summer, I can't remember I, I can't by, remember what it's called either. I wasn't around for it though and I was I so mean, gutted no yeah oh, it was so I remember so good, seeing yeah. all the photos from it it just looked like the best time ever yeah but yeah. It was a really good venue actually because mm. they they did they host events inside as well and one guy in my class was like oh yeah I'm playing at Sheaf Street and I was like oh I played that I was mm. like it's really good I was like oh are you inside or outside and he was like oh I'm inside he was like oh it's an alright venue but I'm not that I'm not like a big fan of it mm. I was like yeah if you've seen the outside and he was like oh I didn't even know that they like had events it, outside. from the photos that I've seen it looked absolutely yeah. insane and we had, we got the perfect weather for it yeah, as well yeah, yeah. Like, it, it was yeah it was a really good day. I, I was really actually, well. I think I was at a family thing, and I just saw these stories of like people from the booth, like yeah, yeah. zooming down at the crowd, and I was like, the one time, yeah. <laughs> the one time I wasn't there, that's so sick. It was a really, yeah, a really good venue. I was thinking to go to, because, so they have like an outdoor, that area, then they have one room inside. Yeah, it's just like one big room inside. Yeah. I know that there's like a, a co-working space attached to it. Right, okay. I think it's called Duke Street or something. So it's like this whole place, Might like, be, yeah. if you're, like, a freelancer or something like that, or, like, yeah, well, I mean, mostly freelancers, I think, rent out co-working spaces to right. go and work out of there. So it seems like quite a nice, like, hub of, like, arts yeah, and stuff. Yeah, I think it is. Having the venue. Yeah, there was, like, a cafe next to it as well or something. Yeah, yeah. It seemed quite nice. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, like, there's a place like that around Leeds that there's actually a lot of little venues and stuff, yeah. which is just really the, cool. Yeah, that's what I really like about Leeds. I was talking to someone the other day and I was saying, oh, like, I've never been out of Newcastle. Mm. Not that Newcastle, like, really, like, appeals to me as, like, a night out. I, I can imagine it is good, but they were saying that in Newcastle you get, like, four main places to go and that's, like, about it. What I like about <clears throat> about Leeds is there's so many good places to go like even like little bars and mm. stuff like that there's so many places in Leeds yeah well I think that Old Red bus station alone is such like a random like you wouldn't really expect it no what yeah. it is but it is actually really well yeah yeah it's really well equipped for everything I actually saw some stuff on their socials the other day that was like an Ox Jam night uh, yeah I think I saw that as well yeah charity DJ night I'm not sure what sort of genre and stuff it was but they were using like one of the upstairs rooms and like fully kitted it out. Like I've only been in like that room upstairs where it's been quite dark. Yeah. But they had it kitted out to be a bit more like lively and bubbly and stuff. Right. And it was just like it's actually a really good venue. Yeah, no, like, it, is, it is. Yeah. They go all out with stuff. Yeah. Yeah, they have quiz nights there as well. Mm. But I feel like Wire is like one of my favorite places in Leeds. Just yeah. Because it's just classic. But nice you wouldn't think it would be because mm. it's so small. But yeah, that's but, what makes it yeah, so good. That's, no, it's the whole, like, it's the the layout of the room. Like, yeah. how people are always going to go around the side. Like, yeah. it's just, they stop it from the beginning of the night. And after a while, they're like, nah, just Yeah, just let people, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I do, I'd really like why. It's probably the most, it's probably the venue I've been to the most in, mm. in Leeds. Like, I'm really excited to, like, to go to a subdub this weekend at West Indian Centre. Yeah. Because I haven't been there <clears> in ages. And it's just, I felt that's one of the most random venues it is, yeah. ever. And it's just so good. <laughs> it is, yeah, it is very random. But yeah, it's very good. I went there a couple of weeks ago 
and it was it was good. It was way too busy though. Mm. Way I was like propels oversold it. But it was the first. I think it was the first uh, event of like the of the uni year. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think that's why they sold it. Sold well, it's like it so it's much. like last Vision State. That was on fresh. That was during freshers. Yeah. And I did not think about the fact it was freshers, and we got there, and it was like Ramps. it was so so busy you couldn't move. Yeah, well, it was one in one out from mm. eleven o'clock, wasn't it? <laughs> which is awesome yeah no like, it's, really it is good. so good yeah it's really but and it, it also like i mean this the, i've been to nights where it's you know heaving and you actually want to leave because it's so heaving but yeah. that was like i managed to keep it like a decent one in one out capacity yeah I, it was it was busy but it was bearable mm. like it was still okay to like yeah. stand in the crowd yeah and the crowd like weren't they weren't like argy bargy or anything no they were just yeah like, no it was a good crowd really into actually it. yeah I think the faction said it was like one of the best crowds that he's ever mm. played to. I didn't want to quote it. was like, um, I wish every crowd I played for was like this or something like that. Oh, that's what he said. That's good. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing as well. When it's a small venue like that, you can really have like a connection with the crowd. And it's just when, you, when you're in the crowd as well and it yeah. feels like, like all the reaction is like received and like they know what sort of tunes they're going to start to do next. I think that's what's so good about the downstairs as well. It's so intimate for the DJs it's mm. like there isn't much of a gap between the crowd and the DJ it's mm. like you really feel the crowd whereas you look at a lot of uh, it's the same with Wyatt as well there's not really much mm. like, that, uh, Wyatt, that, little that little bit clear yeah, yeah. like barrier yeah. but apart from that you're pretty much like right in front of the DJ and mm. I think if you look at other venues I think Mint Warehouse for example you're so far away from mm. the DJ is and I, I think the the DJ doesn't really fill the crowd as much as yeah. at venues like that. That I think that's why those venues are so much that they feel so much better for a DJ mm. to play at. Yeah. I mean, what, have you ever played at Mint Warehouse? Have I what played at Mint Warehouse? I haven't. No. Uh, but I've, I've only ever been there in winter, and it's just it's just the coldest building yeah. on the planet. Like as soon as you walk in, it's like until it's packed. You're yeah, actually like yeah, there in a coat. Cold, just yeah. like, this it's is just insane. a warehouse, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah. It's just a tin, just a tin shed, and they're yeah. just like, yeah, this'll do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just mind, sell mate. tickets, will be fine. Yeah, I don't mind Mint Warehouse. It's quite good. Yeah, it's good. It's good. But have you been to many places around Manchester to sort of try out the nightlife there? In no. Terms of like uh, DJ scene? I've been out in Manchester once, and I can't even remember where I went. <laughs> I just kind of turned. It was for my birthday. And I just kind of turned up and went, but it was all right. It was a bit of a weird venue, but yeah, I, I'm surprised I haven't been out in Manchester more than mm. I have because it's it's not that far from Leeds no, really, no, especially no. now that I'm living in Leeds. It's yeah. not that far to get a train or even drive there. Yeah, but yeah, I haven't really been out in Manchester that much. I think it's mainly because there is so many good nights in Leeds that yeah. I haven't felt the need to go to Manchester. But so that's, that's one of the things I found really strange. I was at uni in Manchester, had like a few venues that you went to because they normally had pretty good lineups on. Yeah, yeah. And then you moved back to Leeds. And then I was coming through to Leeds all the time while I was at uni. Then actually moving here, there's suddenly, I feel like there's more opportunity for like in a good Leeds. night in Leeds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is just so strange because I mean, it's not as big of a city. There's nowhere near as big as it. I think it's I a lot think, smaller. I think it's a lot smaller. Yeah, but yeah. it's the fact that like you'd think that would mean, oh, there's far fewer choices. But like, I think, back on like Vox Warehouse the thing and stuff like yeah. that, there was just every weekend there was something decent on. I think with Manchester, it's the big, like well-established nights really thrive. Mm. But there's no, 
there's no like I think the smaller knights, the upper coming knights, really struggle there because people don't want to go to them and stuff. Whereas in Leeds, I think people are more likely, well, not more likely, but they'll they'll go to those small nights that are less known mm. and they're, they're, they're quite happy to do that and I, I just don't think you get that in Manchester yeah so like I've got a mate who lives in Manchester and he says it's really hard to to get sets in Manchester because it's mainly just the big nights there isn't mm. like many small nights there's like not many hard. free nights or anything like that no no yeah I and mean, that's one of the great things about like Vision State and like License to Jungle yeah they're, they're regular they're free and it like, is a good opportunity yeah for like looking in new people yeah gives you a good yeah it's a there's a good platform for up and coming DJs mm. and leads definitely do you think within Vision State there's a lot of have you got much scope at the moment in terms of like having different sort of headliners on I think we we want to try and bring back some more dubstep because mm. like if that's that's where it started was dubstep and drum mm. bass so I think yeah try and bring back more dubstep but it's hard when the drum bass does so well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it's hard to... <laughs> you can't argue the market. It's no, just like, that's yeah. the thing. But I don't think we want to be known as just a drum bass night. Mm. Because I think that's one thing that separates us from other nights. It's like drum bass and dubstep is not... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like even on the, on the same night. Yeah. Like drum bass and dubstep on the same night. Yeah. And you, you just don't get that at many places. It's yeah. either dubstep or drum bass. Mm. So I'd say it's also like if you don't have two rooms, then it's always the idea of like, do you have like, you know, dubstep for the first two hours or something like that? Yeah. And it's like making sure when it's going to like hit peak, you have the right thing. Yeah. On. That's the thing. Yeah. We've like had people play dubstep at the start and it's worked, mm. but then we've also had people play dubstep in the middle of like drum bass and that's also worked. Yeah. So I think it, it is dependent on the crowd. I don't think it's, there's a set rule yeah. as when dubstep should be played mm. like in between drum bass I think it, yeah, it's dependent on the crowd yeah and going back to like everything you're doing with Acolyte and then together with Isolate have you how at the moment are you using like your social media to sort of like build <laughs> that, that head shake <laughs> so, uh, so I'll take it at the moment you're not doing that not at all I'm, yeah I'm really bad with social media for like gaining following yeah like fair, personally for fair. my alias and then me and Bran together we're just like <laughs> it's, it's hard I, I've seen I've seen stuff via isolate but now I think about it I'm not sure how long ago that was yeah it's it's every every now and then yeah but yeah it's hard when you're not when you haven't got like releases coming up because then you mm. can't just if you've tease. got releases coming out you can promote just tease the beats true yeah so yeah you can like promote that or you can promote up-and-coming nights and stuff like that. moody headphones on... I'll tell you, he's really good at with social media. Joe Nichols. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Friend of the pod. Yeah, he's really good with social media. Yeah, he is, actually. He always comes up really good, like, engaging, like, posts. Mm. So I'll have, like, questions. Yeah. Well, I I think that's, that's something that is really, really big. I've been talking to people about this recently, about to also figure out what your audience might want yeah just doing questions like yeah it's not so much to be like oh what shall i try and give to you but sort of like what sort of thing that you're missing at the yeah. moment like if you're following a lot of dnb producers what would you like to know yeah i that think it is good to come up with things that engage mm. like 
your followers because then you're getting more interaction and that pops up more on mm. people's because it's it's all to do with interactions whether it pops up on people's yeah. timelines or not yeah. so if you're getting loads of interactions it's going to pop up on more yeah. people's timelines they're going to interact with it and but so it, on it boosts and boosts and boosts exactly yeah, yeah. and apparently like pictures and videos do better than just a like a status by yeah. itself well I mean on Facebook, on Facebook. Yeah, yeah yeah well Facebook is really interesting too because they they love like things posted via Instagram or like videos posted directly to Facebook but if right. you ever link to an outside site they'll totally kill your traffic oh really yeah, which is really strange because they used to be like really big on it. Yeah. But it's been it's quite well known now, like just within different industries, like if you're going to put something, yeah, just re-upload it. Well, is that to, to do Facebook. with like links as well? So if you had like a SoundCloud link? Yeah. All yeah. right. Yeah. So um, the best way to do it is normally to try and you know sort of tease it, maybe play a bit of a clip of it and yeah. then put a link sort of just like in the comments. Right. Uh, that's why people have always put yeah, links yeah. in comments. Yeah. That makes sense. And then there's sort of easier way to try and funnel it. Right. But um, Yeah, I've always I, wondered why people put... I see so many posts and it'll be, like, it might be to do with someone releasing a tune or mm. events mm. and then people will put, like, check the comments yeah, and yeah, then yeah. the first comment will be them. Yeah. And I've always wondered why they do that, but yeah, yeah that makes, that makes I, I'm, sense. I'm not sure actually how solid it is, like whether, it whether is, Facebook yeah. have admitted, but... I think for them it's like, well, we want everyone to use our platform, so yeah, why would, would we? S- why would we allow you to sort of get decent traction on the other platforms? Yeah, no, it would make sense because yeah. you you do have everything within Facebook yeah. now. I I, like, some, I sometimes find it strange that like platforms that have been in gone like MySpace, yeah, how there's certain features that were on MySpace that haven't been done again. Well, like with the music. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like man, like if if you got an artist page on Facebook, yeah, you should definitely definitely be able to have like your profile picture, your cover, cover be like a whatever like yeah. BTS or like you playing a gig and then have a little music player and uh, yeah, I'm surprised they haven't done that. Yeah, cause obviously they're not going to let you like embed in SoundCloud no. player, but they could totally be like Facebook music, like the yeah, fact yeah. they haven't yet they must be about to because there's I don't even know, there's YouTube music now, You think man. if they ha- if they were going to do it they would have done it by now? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, they were late-ish to stories. Like, I mean, Facebook stories came way after Insta and Snapchat. Yeah, true. Um, but it is like it's sort of interesting, like, because Facebook definitely is a big place for if you're like a business or a blog or an artist or whatever. It is quite a big place for people to have, you know, a lot of their following there. Yeah. So the fact that you wouldn't be like, oh well, let's just let them upload tunes. Yeah. It's, but maybe they don't want to confuse. They don't want to be like doing too much. Maybe, but yeah, I feel like I feel like Facebook's dying out a bit. Really, mm. I, I think everyone's moving over to Instagram. Like for for an artist, I don't think Facebook's a very good platform yeah. for. I think like, it's it's good for if you've got that demographic. Yeah. The sort of like I think like late twenties to like I don't know. 80s because <laughs> it's way more like yeah. an older audience now like the younger people on my friends list and stuff are way less active mm, yeah I think for growing growing an audience I don't think Facebook's mm. the best and I think that's why you see a lot of eyes now using Instagram a lot more because it's so much easier to well it's not necessarily easier but 
there isn't algorithms stopping people from seeing your post. It's mm. like people always see your posts. And I think that's where Facebook is yeah. like struggling with, with the whole algorithms yeah. and stuff like that. But it's weird though, because I mean, obviously Facebook bought Insta and then it's now Did just they? like, yeah, Facebook owns Instagram. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, they bought it for like a billion. Jesus. But like years ago and now it, they could have sold it for like many billions. Yeah. Um, but they sort of use a similar algorithm, but obviously Instagram supported a lot by hashtags and like yeah. it's going to show up more to people who follow different hashtags. You can actually like now follow hashtags and that sort of thing. Right. So it's much more like, yeah, specific. Yeah. Whereas Facebook, yeah, is like a lot of ads and a lot of like completely unrelated posts. Yeah. Or be like someone that you haven't seen in years just posting some random life update and you're like, I didn't even realize I knew you. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think that's annoying. another annoying thing about Facebook is the whole ads thing. Mm. Whereas with Instagram, it's like you can put a tag on and that's advertising it for free. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And it, Facebook never used to be like that. If you posted something, everyone saw it. Mm. If you if you liked that page, everyone saw it. And then they introduced ads and it's like, or like sponsored posts and nobody sees them anymore. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's stupid. It, it, it's crazy though because I've seen people recently who I don't know and they've, sponsored their posts and it might be like a photographer or something like that but a photographer who's like you know maybe like 19 posting just a photo it's just a post yeah yeah. and they're sponsoring it yeah just so that people see it and stuff and it's like oh fair they're actually they're getting that little reach they're just like i might as well put some money towards it yeah and try to get some clicks Uh, you do see a lot of like i get a lot of random like sponsored music posts Mm. and stuff and it is it's normally just someone that doesn't have like a massive following yeah and it's like that's what they're having to do because nobody on their page like even the yeah even the people on their page aren't yeah. seeing it but they're also trying to reach like more people yeah I, it's I remember at one point i was in when i was in australia there was a random like insta sponsored post that was like a drum and bass podcast i think based out of melbourne right and it had like Aperio on and Revo on, yeah, like on the set list of like his part. And I said, I sent it to those guys, been like, oh my god, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I think when it comes to things like that, especially like if you're in something like the music industry and you're trying to create like a hub, yeah, it's well worth sponsoring because yeah, you want to. I think if you find... know exactly who you you're trying to aim at, yeah. Well, I think if you're doing underground music in a specific city, yeah, it's it's quite easy to target those people. Yeah, because I think Facebook's like with their sponsored posts, their targeting mm. is really good. With because you can pick like certain like criteria mm. as it who will see it. Yeah. So I think for that, if you know exactly your like demographic, then it yeah it, it, it can be really helpful. Yeah. But it's just stupid that you do you have to. <laughs> Like well, I think it's, it's, it's funny though, because I mean, obviously saying about like MySpace earlier, MySpace came and went as did like Bebo and things like that. And it's like Facebook may at some point, like you say, it's sort of dying. It may just go or sort of get repurposed. Yeah. And like the, the, the demographic that are using it will sort of just find something else they want to use it for. Yeah. So I think it's unbeatable with events. Definitely. Like, yeah. I think it's, it's quite hard to not see Facebook. Like, mm existing yeah do you know what i mean or well, they're so, so they're so big now i mean they're gonna yeah. continue to do stuff so i think it is more of a case of it being like repurposed mm. i think but i think it's gonna happen 
it's going to have to happen quite soon. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people are moving away from Facebook. Yeah. Like, everyone has Facebook, but whether they use it that much. Mm. Like, I know so many people that have it, but they, they don't really use it anymore. Yeah. Even for messaging. Because mm. that was, like, a big oh, thing. So about, I, I now, like, Facebook Messenger is my main point of contact. Right. That or, like, Insta DMs. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, I yeah. think that a lot of people used to use Facebook Messenger as, like, their main, like, contact but most people have switched to Instagram now. Mm. So, yeah, I don't know what they'd have to do to, like, bring it back. Yeah. But... Well, I think there's, like, in terms of, like, what they might repurpose to do, I think rather than it being, like, you know, Zuck's being, like, let's do this instead. Yeah. It's more, like, seeing what we do. Like, seeing what, like, the market are doing. Mm. I feel like they've got, like, live stream and events pretty on lock. Yeah. Like, I think, like, live streams on Facebook do really, really well. Um, yeah I think a lot of people because obviously a lot of people stream on Twitch and stuff but I mm. think a lot of people have also started streaming on Facebook because mm. it, yeah I think it does get a lot of a lot of views yeah. also the demographic on Twitch is a bit narrower yeah it's, it's more like young sort of gamer heads and yeah, like yeah, yeah. gamer heads friends who are like oh there's other stuff on it as well yeah I mean like, there's someone that we went to school with who's now he like does drumming on Twitch and yeah, I think he just does like really, really long drumming sessions. People recommend songs to him to do, yeah, and that sort of thing. But it's it's quite a common thing, like people doing drumming or people playing piano. Mm. And like, I I used to watch a guy who just used to make tunes all the time, just on on stream. What just like live production? Yeah, yeah just just make tunes. And that was always quite a good thing to watch. And then he'd do like a, like a tune share after, mm. so he'd like enter a raffle. Yeah, and then you get picked. If you've got picks, then you give your feedback on chains and stuff. So yeah, it, it is a quite really good. good. Community based. Yeah, no, it's that's really good. And you can like subscribe, and so when you subscribe to someone, they can like pick like perks and stuff that mm. you get. So his was he he'd make like a sample pack every six months, and if you're subscribed, you get that sample pack for free. Mm. But he, he wasn't like, you had to be subscribed for a certain amount of months to get it. He'd, he'd always be like, oh, I've released a new sample pack. If you just subscribe for one month, it's like $5, which is like, what, three quid? Oh, is it a paid subscription? Yeah, yeah, paid subscription. Oh, so it's like $5, which is like three quid. Mm. And then, yeah, you'd get access to the sample pack that has just been released, mm. as well as all the other ones. And he'd always be like, oh, yeah, if you, if you want the sample pack, like, just subscribe for one month. Oh, and there's like Twitch Prime now as well. So if you've got Amazon Prime, you can link your account, free free subscription. So yeah, it's quite good. And yeah, it's a really good community as well. Mm. I've, I've never really fully engaged with Twitch. I've been yeah. with people and they've been watching different people, but I'd never really gone on to be like, what's my corner of Twitch that I could live in? Yeah. And also partially because I'm sort of scared that I'll find it. Yeah, and, then, and then wish you didn't yeah, yeah and then, so weird like I'm on a good sleeping pattern now man I don't want to find a twitch corner and then just be like great it's 3am yeah, yeah. and I'm very heavy into this I think that's the problem with YouTube is like you get um, some weird like mm. roots well, I'm, at the moment like I feel like my whole use of YouTube's changed over like the last few years like, at one point I used to just like binge random stuff yeah yeah obviously like recently David Dobrik's just sort of taken over our house yeah but it's I'm now trying to go much more down like an educational route and just right. be like what's actually useful I think yeah and I think there is some really good mm. educational tools on 
YouTube, especially like tutorials and stuff mm. like that. I think it, it can be really helpful. Yeah. I think if you know what you're looking for as well. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I think once you sort of know what you're after, yeah. then it's like you can you can find different things to yeah, like pick up so things much on the way. Shit on there, but yeah. It's also it's when you find a creator that you actually enjoy yeah. and are happy to learn from. Yeah. Because I mean I've had like YouTube tutorials on like different editing software, but like there's this one guy who has all the knowledge that I need but I do not vibe with him. Oh, right. So, and I'm just like, I just watch them. Yeah, and, and you just don't like, want I don't to watch, watch them then. Yeah, yeah, but then you have to. It's like a necessary Yeah, thing. I know what you and mean. It's like, you're the only one that's covered this topic, you, yeah. you dick. <laughs> so why would someone else a bit more charming do this? <laughs> yeah, when you do find that one person, it's really good because then you can, like, go back and watch like, yeah, yeah. all the other videos that they've done. Like, yeah. they've still got up. It can be really helpful. I think it's really crazy, like, of like our generation of like having YouTube tutorials and that sort of thing to learn these little, like little weird skills. It is weird like, when you think about it. And then it's like, how might it progress? Because I'm pretty sure YouTube is going to continue to be YouTube. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't see that like no, which going is, anywhere. It's it's so solid now. Like yeah. they've they've got it pretty worked out. But it's sort of interesting, like whether there'll be more interactive ways of doing it and like how we might do that. Cause, yeah. Like, one thing I was thinking about recently, I'm not sure if there's any evidence for this, but I'm just going to speculate, is like if you wanted to learn like drums or something like that, for example, yeah. and we just did like VR teaching, right? and okay, you literally yeah. just sort of went into like, it's like a YouTube video, but the drum teacher recorded it all with 360, and they teach you drums like in VR. I don't see why that is. That wouldn't, wouldn't be a thing. It's hard to think about what could be and what is going to be. Yeah. It's just when you think about it, it's like that's totally possible. Yeah. It's just sort of like... The software being there to make it all work but it's like even and everyone everyone having vr like obviously yeah yeah it's not the most affordable thing and like accessible to people yeah yeah like trying to think of things that could be like real or mm. like could be possible in the future it's so hard to think about it's like 10 years ago people would never have thought that you could get phone that folds like <laughs> with like a full screen that I don't know, man, I saw the motor pebble <laughs> yeah like a full screen that falls and it's yeah. like and now that's become a thing yeah it's like yeah. you just can't there's no way you can really think about what could happen because which is like it's so awesome like obviously like the folding phones like the Samsung the Galaxy Fold like Galaxy stuff. Fold yeah and like there's lots of companies that are trying to do it that way and I recently saw some stuff that like Windows are like, well, Microsoft are trying to do folding phones, but, like, they don't have it, so the whole screen folds, so it's, like, there is a bezel in the right. middle, but it's just, like, a massive screen, you just have to let go of this one line in the middle. Yeah. But it's, like, they've realised that it's, like, people want, like, the tablet and the phone being two separate things makes no sense. No. Like, we can make it into one thing. Yeah. I um, think there's no... Like, I saw a thing the other day, and it was, like, talking about iPods, and it's, mm. like, why are iPods still a thing? And it's like... Oh, yeah. Well, the iP- you can still buy an iPod Touch. Yeah, if that's the thing. <laughs> why are they still a thing when everyone has... Like, most people have, like, decent phones now yeah. that have all of that incorporated. And it's like... Yeah. I think that's going to be exactly the same for the tablet. Like, the tablet's just going to become redundant. Mm. And it's... Everyone's going to want it. Phone and tablet as one. Mm. And then it's, then it's, like, phone, tablet, and, like, iPod or whatever. It's just everything as one yeah i think it's just easier for people as well i think that yeah in an ideal world we could have like yeah a folding tablet that is a phone yeah that can then dock onto like a stronger like 
system or something like can that be and then can be a desktop or something yeah, yeah. that's that's a world i one day want to live in <laughs> but i i think we'll definitely definitely get there because i mean like android phones now have like you know 12 gigs of ram yeah like there's samsung with 12 gigs of ram it's like that's a laptop pretty much you, you could run yeah. a, you could run most things most people need off of that yeah and I mean, then if you needed something that needed higher power like music production or like video editing or gaming then you get like an actual desktop or something yeah yeah it's, it's mental it's mental it's I, mental I love it though because I feel like especially like if you're in doing music production there's so many like elements of like how it might improve and it might change like make certain things easier yeah well I think if you look at like making music on your phone mm. like that is so feasible now like it's it, oh, who's it um, do you know Steve Lacey no he's in he's a guitarist in the internet right and um his EP was all done on iPhone yeah it's yeah. it's it, yeah it's so feasible to do now because there's so much you can do with it like phones are so powerful mm. and it's like you just have everything that you need like I, I think I'd find it hard to make music on a phone but to sketch ideas out, it, like, it could be so helpful. Yeah. And then, especially, so there's, like, iMachine, which is made by Native Instruments. And then there's also Machine, made by Native Instruments, that's, like, the desktop app. Mm. And you can create something in the iPhone version well, and then, then transfer it straight over to the desktop version. Sick. And then carry it on from there. That's sick. So it's, like, so accessible and so yeah. easy to do now. I know, like different like video editors I've used that have a desktop and a mobile version but they don't really seem to gel like it's always tricky yeah. well I don't so, know how well they gel but I've heard yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You can't well, do I, it. I feel like with music it'll be a bit easier because the files you're having to share are smaller true but then with video it's like a great yeah. knife to download it all from the cloud <laughs> yeah yeah but it's like internet, I think they're just trying to yeah bridge that gap again yeah but it's like you have to be in a pretty unique situation to be like well I edited half the video on the bus and then I got home and then I had to leave the half of my laptop. <laughs> yeah. I think that, that will become a thing though. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think like, as... Even with big mm. like uh, companies and video editing softwares, I think that will definitely become a thing. But yeah. they will start to realise that phones are like... Well, it's like the new iPhone can record in 4K, can't it? Well, they've, they've, iPhone's been recording in 4K since like... Have they? Since like your phone, I think. No, oh, my yeah, old yeah. phone. I think that can record 4K. Can it? Or, or maybe the 7. Maybe, the yeah, maybe one. not. No, but yeah. I'm pretty sure. I, I think it does. I think the success is like stabilised 4K. Maybe. It's madness. Yeah. Madness. So I, I don't think it's going to be long before like big video editing mm. softwares are going to start realising that phones can do it. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's also like at the moment, like having done video editing at uni and stuff like that, it's mad how a lot of people sort of dwell on like industry standards and that yeah, sort yeah. of thing. Like you have to use like, oh. there's like, you know how like in music you have like Pro Tools, it's just Pro like Tools industry the, standard. the big granddaddy. Yeah. And then like in, in video it's like Avid and it's yeah, like, yeah. everyone loves Avid. But then now it's like Adobe, the whole Adobe suite and stuff like that. Yeah. But then like I had at the moment on a free piece of software that's completely free. It's called Venture Resolve and it's so, so good. And it's now better than some of the paid stuff. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so why is anyone still paying? And you ask people and they're just like, but it's the industry standard. It's like, says who? Yeah. <laughs> I think I think that, that is a big thing that's like started happening is free stuff. Yeah. Well, I spoke to, when I spoke to um, Aperio, he was saying about how he, he does all his music production on 
uh, FL Studio. Yeah. Which I, mean, I remember you telling me about that as well. Like it's free until you have to like, upgrade it to like a certain version or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think you can get that with a lot of software. I don't know how like FL might be quite good and you can actually do quite a lot with mm. it. But I know with Everton Live, you can get like the free version, but you only get like four tracks. And it's like... Oh, what if you save four tracks? Yeah, so you get a maximum of four tracks. Yeah. And I think it's two audio tracks and two instrument tracks. Oh, wait, you mean tracks actually on your line? Yeah, Not on, like, save tracks? No, no, no. Like, yeah. So you can't really do a lot with it. But, I mean, if you, you, like, worked it out really well, you could get away with it because you could make... You could use those four tracks then bounce it all out into one track and then go put that into one track and mm. the next one and then like just keep doing it like that but yeah. it's quite long in it <laughs> you don't really want to be doing that it's like going back to using tape like only having like yeah, four yeah, track recorder yeah. right man anyway it's been good thank thanks you. for coming on thank you for having me sweet thanks very much guys thanks for listening bye bye <laughs>Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, If you are interested in hearing more of these podcasts, you can go back through the previous few episodes. We've got all sorts of people. We've got photographers, we've got filmmakers, we've got artists, we've got producers, we've got rappers. Oh, it's amazing. Go have a listen. If you want to go stalk Charlie on social media, I will link all of his music info in the description of this podcast. Thank you very much for listening. I'll speak to you next week, I imagine. Bye-bye.